Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Dear Christian, grace, mercy, and God's never-ending peace be yours in abundance today as you consider this enormous ask from our Savior's mouth. I want you to be my servant leader. And as we get started on that today, just think about how odd that is in the usual way things go in the world. Would a billionaire CEO ever on a Friday morning, tap one of his janitorial staff on the shoulder and say, why don't you go home early today? I'm going to mop the floors and clean all the toilets instead of you. Would the mayor of a major city ever decide on his day off to wake up at 4 a.m. and go to the worst neighborhood in town and tap one of the garbage collectors on the shoulder and say, I got this today. Would a Hollywood celebrity with millions of dollars, fame, and fortune ever take the time and have the patience to listen to someone that is struggling with their health day after day, month after month, even year after year, as long as it takes? The reason why those things are not likely to happen is because in our world, the main theme is... You serve me. And so what we have, if you think of the world as a big mountain, is people everywhere we look, charging up the mountain, pushing people to the side, trampling the vulnerable, deceiving others to get ahead. You serve me. It's a big charge to the top. The sad reality is that path and mode will never get you to the top. In fact, it's not possible for any sinful being anywhere, whether they are a little you serve me or a lot you serve me to get to the top. They just can't arrange it. While the world goes on that trajectory, if you have that in mind, think about Jesus and how different he is. He was at the top. He was in the heights of heaven the place of unapproachable light. That's where Jesus was. And yet, even though he had every right to say, you serve me, the only one who does, he came down to serve us. The scripture says the Son of Man came to be served. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. There we go. And as Jesus is in the mix, he is wanting us to know he has a passion. He is bleeding, literally, to be our servant leader. He's all about how can I serve you? And then all the while with that heart, leading us closer to his arms, which means also leading us closer to the top. After Jesus convinces us of his truth, after he warms us up with his love and his forgiveness, 
assures us that heaven is our home for eternity, he then says, until we get to spend eternal heaven together, I want you to be my servant leader for them. Big challenge. Is there one that's bigger? I'm not sure. But that's what we get to talk about today. Jesus encouraging us and even commanding us to be his servant leaders in a world that simply does not care about that trajectory. We begin today with Mark chapter 9, verse 30. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. Can you see how Jesus is on this trajectory in these verses? His heart is bleeding. How can I serve you? He was saying, I'm going to lower myself, make myself small. I am willing to be handed over to greedy people. I am willing even to be killed and murdered in cold blood. And then I am going to rise again to the top of the mountain on the third day. But the disciples did not understand what he meant. Because everywhere they looked, they saw people going like this. They didn't understand what Jesus is talking about. That he's going to be killed and handed over on the third day and stuff like that. They thought, no, 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 you're the Messiah. The Messiah is supposed to have life as a playground, not a battleground. The Messiah is supposed to charge up the mountain faster than everybody else and shove everyone to the side further to the corners. The Messiah is the one that is on this path and we have been smart enough to figure out that you're the Messiah, so therefore we're on that path too. What's all this Messiah equals suffering and dying stuff? They did not understand what he meant. And even worse, they were afraid to ask more. That's kind of the worst of both worlds, don't you think? You're full of you serve me and you don't understand what Jesus means, but you're too afraid to ask him more. And then, in a sense, things went from bad to worse as we find out the disciples were silent, not just because they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about and were afraid to ask more, but for another reason too. Verse 33, they came to Capernaum, when he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because they had argued about who was the greatest. So not only were they silent because they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about, living life as a servant leader, they also were embarrassed in their sin because what they were arguing about with one another was who is better at not being a servant leader? Who is better at shoving others to the side? Who is better at winning every argument? Who is better at bossing people around and making them fall on their knees in front of your opinion? 
That's what the disciples were arguing about. Who was the greatest? And when Jesus called them on it, they were doubly silent. It's kind of a terrible snapshot, isn't it? Jesus, the Son of Man, coming from the top to be a servant leader for sinful disciples that he's trying to train to hold out his word of life to the world. And there they are, not understanding what he's saying, too afraid to ask more, and arguing with each other about the opposite value. Take a close look in the mirror. Are we any different? Are we any different? How does you serve me attach itself to your heart? There's so many ways. Let's take a look at a few. Maybe the first way that comes up most often is the topic of love of money. Would you say you have enough money today? And if the answer is yes, it's so easy to think of that with a you serve me heart. And you think, yep, I got enough money and that's why I'm okay. That's why I'm kind of pretty close to the top of the mountain. Ha ha. Or you're not there, but you wish you were. And so you find yourself consumed with thoughts about money, scrambling to the top, pushing others to the side because you think that is the pinnacle. But it's not. It has nothing to do with being a servant leader by itself. What about when you see somebody on the mountain of life with you and they're kind of messy? They're, they're kind of uh, difficult and it's going to take a lot of time and patience to help them take one or two steps in a different direction. If we are you serve me, we run the other way. You made your grave, now you lie in it. I got better things to do to get up this mountain here. And while there definitely is a time and place for taking a break, there also is a time and a place for being a servant leader for someone who's a mess. These are just two of many, many ways that we fall into a you-serve-me mindset that we think that in our life we are charging up the mountain just like the rest of the world they exist to serve me so that I can get ahead and then in the end say, ha! But Jesus says, is life all about you? Or is life all about me? And if life is all about me, Jesus says, then I want you to be a servant leader, which means you serve others in love and then lead them closer to my arms, closer to my word. We're gripped with sin. Thankfully, Jesus was a servant leader for you and me. Look at verse 35. There's so much comfort in gospel there. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. There's so much comfort there because remember where the snapshot was right before verse 35. 
Jesus is the ultimate servant leader. He knows exactly what's going on. The disciples don't understand what he's talking about. They're too afraid to ask, but they're not afraid to argue with each other about who's the greatest. But instead of blasting them with guilt, instead of belittling them with smart aleck comments, our Savior, who came to serve and not be served, who's the ultimate servant leader, even for people who are confused about the truth, sat down in the teaching position and patiently taught them what he wanted them to hear. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last. And the servant, not just of a few, not just when it's easy, but of all. Thankfully, our Savior also did not just leave us to the task and then go back to the top of the mountain, but he also practiced what he preached. Jesus, without rank, without prejudice, without bias, served all with his life, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus assured us and all that our sins of being you serve me are washed away by the blood of his cross. Jesus says, because you now have a perfect status in my eyes, because of my finished work, guess what? You, when your earthly life is over, will go to the top of the mountain. It makes no sense, does it? We spend our lives like this, and we trust in a Savior who spent his whole existence like this, and then we end up at the top. It doesn't make sense, but that's the ways of God when he gives us his grace, gifts we do not deserve, with no strings attached. His work is finished, and that means our trip to the top also is finished. It's paid in full. And that is what gives us confidence and courage to not live a life like this, pushing and shoving and grabbing like everybody else seems to be, but we have courage and confidence to live a life like this, being a servant leader, making ourselves small to serve others so that we can lead them to the Savior's arms because we know what the final outcome is. Even though we're being servant leaders, living life like this, we end up at the top. And so when the topic of money comes up, I mean, we've got to spend and save, right? It's unavoidable. But instead of pushing and shoving and clamoring and worrying, we say, how can I use what Jesus, the ultimate servant leader, has given me in a way that honors him? That I love and trust him above all things as I spend, as I save, as I give, as I have joy. And really a heart that's detached from love of money. When someone who needs a lot of help comes my direction, I'm not going to be a helicopter and think I have to fix everything immediately, but I'm also not going to run the other direction and hide until they get it figured out some other way or just go away. I'm going to be a servant leader for them. I'm going to make myself small. I'm going to speak the truth in love even if it's tough and they won't like to hear it at first. 
And I'm going to do all of this so that in the end, God willing, they will be led closer to Jesus because that approach has this perspective. Their most important relationship is with him and not with me. Jesus brought a little child in front of them all to try to teach them about being a servant leader. And it makes sense. Little children usually don't stress out about money. And little children usually don't rank people higher or lower. And that's why parents wisely teach their children, hey, don't open the door for strangers, because they would welcome anybody in for any reason otherwise. Jesus wants us to be like that as we are servant leaders. Serve all without concern, without love for money, without ranking anybody so that you can lead them closer to our Savior's arms. This is an ongoing challenge. It will continue to be an ongoing challenge as long as we are breathing on this earth. Even these disciples battled it tremendously. Do you know what happened just maybe a month later after uh, this discussion that they had? Jesus had them in the upper room the night before he died. He gave them the Lord's Supper. He gave them Holy Communion for the first time. And then after that, they argued about who was the greatest. Can you even believe that? And then 40 days after he rose from the dead in victory, the first thing they said was, Messiah, are you going to establish your kingdom on earth now? Do we get the glory that we've been waiting for as your 12 best friends now? It didn't die. And yet, our Savior was such an effective servant leader for them. He changed their heart so that they knew they could be servant leaders for Him instead of, you serve me, greedy sinners. In regard to our sinful nature, that is so, you serve me. Martin Luther said this. He said, I try to drown my sinful self every day. But that rascal can swim. It's a way that he likes to describe how hard it is to fight our sinful nature all the time. And yet, fight the good fight. Focus on Jesus, your ultimate servant leader, and you naturally will, naturally will become a better servant leader with the people around you in your life. That you make yourself small to serve them so that you can lead them closer to your Savior's truth. You know what happens when you do that? You're being a servant leader. You're being a servant leader. You're serving anybody, anywhere, for any length of time so that you can lead them closer to your Savior's arms. And do you know what happens then, in the end? Sometimes they listen. And sometimes your Savior gets a hold of them. And He takes them to the top of His forgiveness and promise of eternal heaven. And then, you look around and say, I'm on top too. Here I am together with him or her or them, and Jesus on top, forever in glory. Let that final chapter of eternal victory, which God has already given you and finished, give you courage to be in a different direction than everybody else and be a servant leader spotlighting Christ with your life. Amen.
Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.